everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Steinman. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey toward career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Welcome back for another episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We are so thankful and grateful to have you all here listening to us. We hope that we are bringing you some um, some serious values, some serious things that you can implement in your daily practice. That's really what we aim to do. Uh, we can't wait to connect with you guys soon, hopefully in person at our summit. Um, we hope to see your beautiful faces there. Uh, today, we will be talking about how balance is a myth. Uh, and I think that this is a common misconception or something that we all aim for. You know, we think about how we want our life to be balanced, but I think that that maybe isn't the right um, goal to have, you know, and we're about to talk about why, uh, why that's the case and how we can achieve uh, appropriate kind of balance or an appropriate distribution of where we want to give our resources, spend the most time, spend the most money, give the most of our energy to. I think that that's a little bit more uh, reasonable and realistic and achievable than quote unquote balance, because I think honestly, that's not really what we want. I think we might be misunderstanding that. Yeah, I I think your phrase of proportionally correct is, is probably the best path to follow. Right. Yep. And, and so we're going to dive in. Um, We're going to start by defining balance. So balance is, according to the dictionary, an even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. So an even distribution of weight. Uh, the, uh, the second uh, definition or the second kind of portion of the definition is a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. And this kind of uh, this definition kind of makes a little more sense, at least the last two words, the correct proportions, make a lot of sense in regards to our lives. So the truth is there's almost never a time in our lives when every aspect has to have an equal amount of importance or priority as all the other parts. Uh, The latter definition says a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. So the correct proportions must be determined by each of us individually. And we all value different things. So we have different priorities and dreams. We enjoy different things. If we really think about it, I don't think many of us would say that getting to take part in our favorite hobby is quite as valuable or important to us as spending time with our families or with those we love. So why should we attribute them the same amount of weight in our lives or in our schedules? That would be balanced, but it wouldn't make much sense and it wouldn't be a very fulfilling way to live. This does not mean that getting to have fun and do what we love and enjoy is not important. It just may not need to need as much of our devoted time as our family does. And that is unbalanced in a good way. Also, you know, life happens in seasons. I think it's important to remember that. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about the life cycle of a company because I think it's comparable to our life cycles and some of the things that we maybe go through and how we a lot 
our time and our resources and how it changes during different seasons of development and growth in our lives. So uh, in a company, the life cycle is, goes from being a startup to a growth phase to maturation and it's in a maturity phase. And then it's either dying or perpetually continuing to innovate so that it continues growing and it continues uh, maturing. And it's kind of in the cycle of growth and maturity uh, perpetually. So a startup really involves an ungodly amount of our time, our effort, our energy, our resources to get it off the ground. The company should not always need this kind of effort. And as long as appropriate effort and resources are allotted in this period of the company's development, we'll eventually reach and continue to grow into the growth phase where the company is established and continuing to grow. So the foundation and legalities have been determined by this point. Employee roles have been assigned and training is completed. Goals, outcomes, and the company's future plans have been determined uh, in the startup phase. So the growth, the growth phase also involves a lot of time, energy, effort, money, and is the time to build relationships with those you want to do business with. So notice how there's a shift from uh, putting our effort and energies into systems and organizing and forming the framework and the bare bones to now it's shifted to still a large output of our energy, effort, and money, but also beginning to build relationships. So starting to grow the company. Okay, so it looks a little bit different. Our time is allotted differently. Um, so on paper, in the growth phase, you're still in the negative in this phase, meaning that there's minimal or no profit happening. And as you expand your reach and build a faithful clientele, the company eventually will mature and begins paying, and then you can begin, you know, paying back debt and seeing profit. So in these different phases, you know, one phase you're investing, investing, you're, you're working, you know, 18 hour days, you're maybe not making it to the gym. You're, you know, you're devoting a lot of your time, effort, resources into this startup and in the growth phase, the same thing. You're still, you know, trying to get loans. You're um, still trying to uh, give give resources to gain necessary resources that you need to continue growing the business. You know, so you're not making money yet. You're not in a position where you can just stop now and start resting and and be making money because you're not yet. You know, and then as you continue, the relationships build, the company matures. Like I said, you can, can you can begin then paying back some debt and finally seeing profit. So at this point, um, a CEO or a COO or whoever or whoever was initially invested heavily in the startup and growth phases can kind of begin delegating and can step away a little bit. So ideally, they can spend less time on site overlooking day to day operations, and he or she will be able to be involved in solving high quality problems spending less time, money, and resources, making sure that the company just stays afloat or, or gets like a foothold of the, um, of the demographic that they want to appeal to or connect with. Um, so this is essentially the maintenance phase, right? So ideally people will have more time and resources available in this phase to spend with their families, to do things that they enjoy, or even start another company if that's really what, where they wanna go. Um, but you can see how in each of these phases, different things take priority and require more, more of our devoted time. So each phase is just a season and that's also how it goes with life, you know? So we may be in a season, in a season of growth and development. So I think of when we went to hygiene school, you know, in hygiene school, I didn't have a whole lot of time to go out with friends. You know, I wasn't socializing. I had other priorities, you know, it doesn't mean that those things aren't important and doesn't mean that those things aren't possible. It's just, it's just that it accounts for a much smaller portion of my time because I've got this goal and it's a limited amount of time. You know, that's good to realize is like this, this phase will end. You know, I, we will be able to 
develop into the next phase or implement more of something else that we love in a different phase, you know, but in each season of life, our, our time energy effort has to go toward different things at a, at a higher velocity and volume. Right. I kind of visualize when we're talking about balance, you know, the, the uh, quintessential scales, you know, you've got the, the lady in the robe holding, you know, the, the, the scales and, and you remember they, they would have those literal little metal scales and you could put the little weights in and, you know, it tipped the balance on those. And I think, I kind of think for my life, when I think about balance, you know, you want those scales to be balanced, but I almost feel like there's a balance between work and rest, because obviously we've talked a lot in the past about self-care and, and being, you know, being able to function out of excess versus deficit. So I think when I think of balance, and as we're talking about this, I'm seeing one side of the balance for us really should be mindful of, are we rested? Are we sleeping? Are we hydrating? Are we taking care of ourselves? But the other side of that balance is what you're talking about, where we're putting in different weights at different seasons in mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. so that we are, we are functional, healthy, happy humans. Um, but yeah, I think it, like you say, different seasons, there's different times you're going to be putting those different weights in, whether it's like in hygiene school, it's, you know, a lot of time investing in studying and, and memorization and learning and growing, and you're not doing as much, you know, so socialization and fun and family. So I think you're right. I like the idea of that concept of, you know, it's going to be different things in different seasons. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that it, you know, each, each of the things that we're focusing on in each season doesn't have to exclude everything else that, you know, makes us happy or that we enjoy. It's just, Absolutely. That may, yeah, those things may just have to even temporarily a lot for, you know, a smaller amount of our time in order for us to achieve whatever we're trying to achieve. And then in the future, usually whatever we're trying to achieve before in like a growth phase is going to lead to an easier time balancing things in the future. Right. For the most part, you know, as long as we're setting ourselves up that way. So, you know, during hygiene school, I was, was not in a relationship. I didn't date at all in hygiene school um, because I, I felt that I didn't have time to devote to that. And I was okay with that. You know, it would have been starting a new relationship for me, but it just seemed like, man, that was just not the time to do that. You know, I was working full time, going to school full time. Um, and I don't think that it would have made me better in any way to do that. I don't think that I had any excess to give at that point, you know, so yep. strapped emotionally and I was tired and just trying to make ends meet and pay the bills, knowing that on the other side of that, I could rearrange my schedule so that I had more time to meet people, have friends and, and um, have a social life, you know? So during, during hygiene school, I think honestly, my life, um, I didn't have a good uh, pattern of being able to see balance in any sort of way. So even doing things in proportion, I was very much, um, extreme minded, like all or nothing. Like I'm either going to, uh, you know, spend all my time in school and none of my time painting, or I'm going to spend all my time in school, none of my time having fun. And I spent all my time in school and not at all think about my diet and exercising and my health. So there are ways to do the best with what we have no matter what phase in our life we are in, even if that is a growth phase or a startup phase. So now, you know, a few years out, I just have a little bit more wisdom. And I, and I know that these are things that we learn with life and with experience. Um, but even in this very, very busy period of Teresa and my life, where we have, you know, the book we're working on still, we, we have videos that are not quite finished. We have a summit coming up. 
um, we're doing a podcast, uh, we're starting, you know, some consulting things, we're running social media platforms, uh, and also we're both full-time hygienists with families, you know. During these times, I think it would be easy for us to choose to say like, oh, well, there's, there's no time to spend with my family. There's no time to go to the gym. There's no time. But, you know, this is life. It's finding the ebb and flow and the balance, no matter what situation we're in. And, and balance, I, I don't think it's the right word, but I'm not sure what the word is. Um, so I think like in these times, it's okay to do the best with what we have and say, I can't give everything to this other thing right now, but I can give something or I can't take as much time as I would like for vacation, but I can take a half a day, right. you know, and find that sort of restfulness and enjoyment, even in stressful periods of time, you know, right. so now I'll take a break and I'll go for a walk. I will take a sip of water, even if I didn't drink water at all yesterday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so dehydrated. I have no time for that. I'll just do the best with what I, you know, make the right. next best choice right. to be as happy, fulfilled, uh, rested, healthy as possible, no matter what the circumstances. Right. And I think it's important because, you know, hygienists, we talk a lot about burnout is a, is a real, very real thing for us. Um, and, you know, you're right. You and I right now are kind of, uh, kind of going, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, again, that wisdom and kind of growth over the years, you know, I think years back, I would have been kind of drowning and really, um, struggling to get everything done. But I I've kind of stepped into this new place of, you know, I'm not willing to compromise my own mental health and sanity and, and getting rest because I know I've got to, I've got to feel good to be able to do all these things. And so in the past, I, I would have kind of overwhelmed myself. Like if I looked at my week and said, oh my gosh, you know, I have 20 things that have to get done this week and that would overwhelm me. And now I've learned to kind of look ahead at my week and say, you know, I have 20 things, but I only have five today and I'm mm -hmm. just going to focus on today. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, I think it's, there's a healthy balance or proportions, if you will, um, involves saying no to things as well. And, you know, realizing like, Hey, you know, in order for, for me to be healthy and fulfilled and productive, this is a yes today. And this is a no today. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we've got to give ourselves the, the space to, to, and the freedom to do that as well. Right. So I think maybe a good way to say it would be like priorities in proportion or right. proportionally prioritizing things. I think that that's better than balance because everything's not going to hold the same amount of weight and need right. the same attention at all times. So I guess just, you know, pr being proportional and, um, you know, in addition, I forgot two things, Sheree, so that you have two teenage boys <laughs> and a family, they're heavily involved in soccer. You're yes. heavily involved in that. Yes. I'm getting, I'm earning a master's degree, yes. you know? And so there's all of that kind of all those moving parts going on at one time, yet you and I still find time almost every single day, like to talk to each other. And a lot of times it's not even like strategic. It's like, right. you know, we're in. catching up and how are you? And like, you know, that's a part of our mental and emotional health. And we're building our relationship that way. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'll come home. And before I sit down and start homework, my husband is like, Hey, you want to go for a bike ride? I'm like, can I spare 30 minutes to make a memory with my husband and to make him feel fulfilled and enrich our relationship? If I really can say, yes, I can, then I'm going to say yes at that moment, you know? And, and like you said, I think that's a great um, way to put things in perspective. Like I have 50 things on my to-do list, but right. today I'm going to do three of them. Right. That's what's realistic, you know? And, right. and crossing things off the list feels good, 
but it all can't and doesn't happen at once, you know? Right. So it's progress, not perfection. And every single thing that's crossed off doesn't have to be done perfectly. It just has to be done using our best effort. Right. You know, in the moment. So I think yeah. that that's just important. If we can let go of perfection, this all becomes a lot easier, I think. So there's, there's no perfect wife. There's no perfect husband. There's no perfect uh, business partner. There's no perfect business relationship. There's no perfect day in hygiene. You know, if we can accept it, I think it just, it's, we'll be a lot happier. Right. Right. And I think what you said about what we value is a big part of it too. Um, you know, there's, there have been times in my life where I've caught myself doing things just to do them mm-hmm. because they needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I didn't necessarily value it. And I'll, I will say that coming out of COVID life, really helped me kind of take stock in what is important. What do I value? What can I let go? What, you know, doesn't have to happen right away. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I think back to, if we were trying to kind of get bulletproof going back when my kids were little, there's no way I could have done that because my number one value at that time, I was such a believer in, you know, when they're little, you really foster, you really educate, you really grow. And, you know, as they become teenagers, you start to kind of let them go a little bit because now they're starting to make their own decisions and, you know, they're becoming their own people. So, you know, this fits really well in my life now because I'm not as needed um, in their daily lives. So, yeah, I think exactly different seasons are going to fit different goals and, and values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect, that's a perfect example. And I'm sure that that's one that a lot of people can relate with, you know, like, um, I just think that a lot of times parenting, you know, and I'm not a parent, but I I can see how the different phases of growth and development involve a different amount of time commitment and a different amount of, uh, you know, chauffeuring your kid around. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's seasons, you know, so it's like doing the best you can with what you have in each season. It's like, that's the best that any of us can do, you know? Um, I just listened to uh, a podcast, a Jay Shetty podcast, of course, because you and I are like obsessed with him, Um, but he's really phenomenal. And uh, he was just talking about how to be highly productive and also be well, like take care of yourself and also, and remaining highly productive. And there, there is like this tipping point he was talking about where, you know, once we get to a certain point in productivity, the quality goes down and we start to burn out. So it's like, People who work, I think that the quote was 40 to 55 hours a week, um, you know, their productivity and their performance continues to rise and go up and get better until that point. And then after that point, your productivity and your effectiveness and uh, the outcomes get negative. They become less and less and less. They start to go downhill. So it's an important distinction to make too, like no matter which phase in your life you are, whenever we're starting to see that phase of like the quality of whatever we're doing starts diminishing, it may be worth stepping back and taking a look and saying, is, can this be improved in any way? How can I do more with less here? Do I need to change my values and my priorities? Um, do I need to allot more time for rest and recovery and Uh, mental health, meditation, like, because at some point working becomes, we can become less effective because we're not robots, we're humans. And if we're not making sure that we're getting some semblance of uh, appropriate proportional uh, priorities, if we're not prioritizing that way, then that's a time to take a step back and reflect and say, what maybe needs to be tweaked here for me to be my most effective and productive self while staying, while staying well. Right. 
And I'm always going to come from the psychological side because, you know, that's how my brain works. But I think there's a big part of it in the mental aspect, too, because when we do have a lot going on and we're kind of taking an assessment of, you know, am I feeling proportionally balanced with my values and my time and what I'm doing here? Um, I think a lot of times when we do have a lot going on and we do feel overwhelmed and this can even be honestly within our hygiene day, you know, when we look at our schedule in the morning and we're like, oh my gosh, I have, you know, 10 patients today and, you know, I've got, you know, whatever it is that's going on for your day and you start the day feeling overwhelmed. I think a lot of how our day runs depends on what we're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So I think if, you know, if we're in that trap of, oh my gosh, I have to do this and this and this, and well, how am I going to, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And this is too much. Um, I think that's already pre-frames how that day is going to feel to us mm -hmm. versus if we can look at it, you know, and I think I might've talked about this before, but it, it's, it's kind of been a game changer for me of thinking of, instead of, I have to changing that to, I get to, is a big thing for me. You know, I'll kind of catch myself thinking, oh, I got to do this and this and this. And I'll step back and take a breath and go, wait, I get to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to, I've used the uh, expression before or talked about before probably because one of the things I hate doing is going to the grocery store after work. I just want to go home. Um, and so I've had that time before where I'm like, oh, I have to go grocery shopping. I hate this. And I've like caught myself and taken a breath and like, wait, I get to go. I get to go and take a few minutes by myself and stroll through the aisles. And I get to pick out healthy foods for my family and just take a minute. And I don't have to stress over financially being able to buy groceries. And so I think it's a lot of times that balance is kind of it stepping into our head and saying, okay, what's going on in here mentally too? Am I balanced mentally to really be looking at all of this in a healthy way? Yeah. And I love that because it's basically finding a way to be thankful. It's bringing gratitude into it, right? So one thing that I want to say about gratitude is I used to think of gratitude as like, oh, well, you're just denying the problem if you're thankful for part of the problem that is positive. But I think that those two things um, can exist together. Like you can still dislike grocery shopping and be thankful that you have the money and can provide for your family and that you have the time that you're alive. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to say grocery shopping is your favorite thing now. It's just, it can, you can still dislike it, or maybe it'll grow on you because your mind will change about it, you know? But I love that you said like, I really don't like this, but I get to do this. Like right. that, yeah. it's, it's okay to, to do that because everything's not going to be our, our favorite. And I don't think there's any reason to pretend there's no benefit to pretending, you know? So I'm just, um, yeah, glad that those things can exist together. Yeah. Thanks for investing your time and energy into listening to Bulletproof Hygiene. Remember to click subscribe to join our community of dental professionals that embrace growth and collaboration to better yourself, your patients, and our profession. For more information on our 2021 Live Summit, Bulletproof Hygiene Book, and training opportunities, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene. myths that we believe sorry I lost an earring here for you watching on YouTube I'm trying to put my earring back and I apologize um some of the myths that we believe um about balance and hygiene let's talk let's talk about those because I think that there are myths that keep us from being happy and successful and productive and from making the most of what we have each day you know and it, it becomes it comes I think a lot from a, a mindset of perfectionism of every day has to be super productive every day has to run smoothly and perfectly and as I expected and as I planned um, and so some of, some of the other myths that we believe are 
um, that I should always be able to leave immediately after my last patient. I should always arrive at the same time in the in same uh, time in the day in the morning. Uh, my schedule should always be completely booked how I want it to. I should always have time to take a full lunch hour or lunchtime. My professional growth should always be less important or involve less time or money than my other commitments, like uh, other priorities that you have, uh, like family priorities. Um, another myth could be if my schedule is empty, there's nothing I can do about it. If my schedule is falling apart, that means it's impossible to have a productive day. And I think sometimes these things are just like the, the inner monologues that we have, inner dialogue that we have with ourselves every day. Like, well, if it's not as I expected, then it just can't happen. It's just not going to happen, you know? And the flip side of that is adaptability and resilience, right? So I think that two of the best skills are things that we can hone or practice in life are learning how to be more resilient and learning how to adapt to unexpected situations and doing it quickly and as effectively as possible. Not doing it perfectly, right? because that's almost never possible, but doing it to the best of our ability and being willing and open to adapting and doing it imperfectly. Right. So, so I think of when I first got this Bodak, I thought that it was, I used to get super stressed out because my schedule would just be so bizarre in my opinion. I had never like encountered a schedule as dynamic and as like rapidly changing as the Spodak schedule, but it's because they think of, we think of like, how can we make this day the best for the patient, the provider, the practice? How can it be, uh, how can we provide the best treatment? What kind of time do we need? How can we be the most productive? What resources do we have uh, available to us right now to use to make us all of these things, right? So when I first got there, I remember I was assigned to an operatory. And so I was like, oh, good, this is my op. Okay, I'm going to arrange my op exactly how I want it. And then what I found was whenever I'd run behind, uh, a hygiene assistant or someone else would put me in a different operatory and be like, oh, I set up your next patient, which is great. Such a blessing, right? To have a hygiene assistant who can help me do that. And I was thankful for that. And also when I went into that operatory, I was like, where is everything? Like, I'm not ready for this. You know, like that my brain was not mentally prepared to do this. Yes. And, you know, and, and um, we do a lot of same day treatment. That was something that I wasn't accustomed to, you know, all my perio patients, I would reschedule, you know, my old office. And that was because, you know, at, at a prior office, I had 45 minutes for each appointment, no matter what. So I wasn't going to do same day treatment almost ever because of the time limitations that I had. So when I came to Spodak, I remember there, because we have a hygiene assistant, because I can move to a different room, because we can adapt. And as the schedule evolves during the day, I was enabled, I was able to do same day treatment. There was suddenly time there that was created, but I didn't expect, I wasn't in a mental space. I wasn't ready to do this treatment. You know, it was unexpected. And I had to learn to adapt and, and be uncomfortable and not do it perfectly and, and be as prepared as I possibly could with the understanding that there would be curveballs, you know, things don't always go as planned. People will reschedule, people are late, people are sick and whatever, you know, there are different things. Um, so, so with that, I would say that each day uh, in hygiene brings different opportunity. You know, some days are booked according to our wishes and they're designed according to quote unquote, perfect day scheduling where everyone's confirmed, everyone shows up, we complete the procedures we expected without any unexpected things. That almost never happens, right? That's like the exception, the perfect day. Right. Um, other days, and I, I feel my personal experience, I think Sharissa would agree with this, almost nothing goes as planned. Meaning the schedule, you know, maybe I showed up, the schedule had a few holes in the beginning of the day and patients are just continuing to fall off and cancel. Um, or each patient shows up and they tell me they have a limited concern, like, hey, I chipped my tooth. 
you know, they're not scheduled for an exam that day or for x-rays, but of course you have to do take, take a limited x-ray, uh, take a photograph, get the doctor in for a limited. Um, it may cause you to run behind on hygiene or have to reschedule the hygiene. So that wasn't, you know, an anticipated thing. Um, a patient forgot that they, you know, they show up, they forgot that they're here for a deep cleaning. They only have an hour, you know, you can't do it in that amount of time. And they thought they were getting maintenance, you know, miscommunication things happen, right? So they need to be rescheduled. All of these things happen. All these things have happened, I think, to every hygienist. So that's why I think that, and we think adaptability really is the single most important thing that we can do as humans to make the most out of every situation, no matter how it starts, or if we start, you know, even with a, a disadvantage or something that makes us feel like we're at a disadvantage or not fully prepared. Right. Well, and I think you can, I think you can plan ahead for adaptability too. And I think that's important because that's part of maintaining that hygiene day balance, if you will, of if you are, if you already have some game plans in place, because I had two patients yesterday that both showed up and were like, oh, I can only stay for, you know, a a shorter period of time than what we had scheduled. And I'm like, okay. So I think adaptability in these cases, I think communication is a huge part of it and being real with patients. I think patients appreciate that. You know, when you have the conversation and they say, hey, I can only stay for so long, you know, it's okay to say, well, you know, we had you booked to do your, you know, your full scaling and root cleaning today. Um, what, what, let's look at the time you have and see what we can accomplish with this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and helping them understand that, you know, maybe we just do half of your mouth today because this is the time limitation you have. I want to get work started for you, but at the same time, I don't want to rush through and not do the best job for you. So why don't we compromise and, you know, land on this? Um, I think when you have, like you said, Brittany, cause I'm the same way. If we have multiple rooms set up for hygiene and yes, I struggle with like jumping to a different room and not knowing where things are. And that throws me off my flow. So what we've done for our office is every single op is set up exactly the same way. So that if you move from op to op, you're not, you know, taken by surprise, you know, where everything is, you're just ready to go. It doesn't, so, doesn't so throw ours, a pickup into that. Ours is two. Yes. You know how you have your special, unique Charissa things that you like? Yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah, so we have like, for instance, like the gauze is in the same place, the suction is in the same place, you know, certain setups are in the same place, mirrors in the same place. So like all the basics are organized the same way, right. but like restorative ops, you know, in, in other, um, in other uh, what's it called? In other drawers and things and cabinets, they have right. their restorative stuff. So I'm talking about going from a hygiene to a restorative uh, So we have all basic things. Got it. All of my things, I'm like, oh, I don't have my the <laughs> instrument that I've wanted or like the, you know, my chair doesn't do the same as your chair. Right. I don't have my blanket that I wanted that comes from right. Op 5, you know, right. to make patients comfortable. So it's like, it's the adapting to the, the unexpected yep. things. Right, right. One time I discovered though that someone in another op has a weighted blanket that they use for their patients. So that was... That was even better. Happy surprise. I was like, (laughs) wow, this is a total upgrade for my op. I'm so glad I'm here. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I think again, adaptability and communication go hand in hand because I mean, I have straight up said to patients, like, do you ever have those days? You ever have those days that just aren't going great? Patients are like, oh yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of having one of those. So will you bear with me? Let me get everything I need together so that I can take care of you. I think sometimes just being super honest and vulnerable about those kind of things, like almost creates community with that patient now, you know, because they know you're there for them to take care of them. It's okay to say, Hey, I need a few minutes because I want to do what's best for you. Let me get, let me gather a few things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes you more relatable to the patient. 
Like, because of course they've been in a situation where they're like having a day and then you're just more human to them. I think it builds the relationship, like you said, in the rapport and the connectedness because it's like, oh, we're more alike than we knew, you know, like, oh, you're having a rough day too. Yeah, I've had a rough day, you know? Right. I I agree with that completely. I think that there are definitely um, a lot of patients who, especially the ones you've been seeing for a long time, who are super, super cool about that. And it it almost makes them like you more, I feel like, and you're more connected and they understand it and they know that. I think that lets them know too that your standard is like way up here and you're like, I'm so sorry, I'm not up to my own standards today. I'm going to do my best to, to get ready for you now. You know, it's kind of right. like letting them know you care about them. Right. You care. Right. And then I think on the opposite foot, and we're very familiar, all of us, all of our listeners, I'm sure with some of those more difficult patients um, that, you know, have their own expectations and, and desires and, and situations in place that aren't always feasible for us. Mm -hmm. And I think communication is a big part of that too. And just kind of listening to them and, and being a soundboard back of, Hey, you know, this is what I hear you saying to me today. This is what I hear your goals are. Um, And I obviously want to meet your expectations and your goals, but the reality is, you know, we don't have the time for that, or, you know, we don't have the resources for that, or, you know, that, that kind of thing and putting it back so that you, they understand you're there to take care of them. I think it's, it's just important regardless of who you're seeing. Yeah. Over-communicating. You're right. Yeah. When in doubt, communicate. Yeah. So the two most important days in any practice, of course, are today and tomorrow, because that's when we are literally completing the treatment. The present, the present is when relationships are built and the treatment occurs, right? Uh, the present is when production occurs, when potential is developing for same day treatment, when we have the opportunity to do more with less. Um, being present in the present is crucial to mental health and balance. Um, it, it, it enables us really to not be stuck in what happened yesterday or stressing about what happened yesterday. It helps us to let that go and helps us not to be so future-minded that we have anxiety about what may or may not happen because we are fully present in the situation where we are now and we're able to think uh, effectively and we're able to adapt effectively because we're, we're here with this patient, with their current health status, and we, we have a moment, we're present to think how can I help this patient's health today? What tools do I have in my toolbox to make this person's life better right now? Right. You know, and we can get resourceful no matter how that patient shows right. up. Right. And I, the way my brain works, my, my assistant will tell you that I have sticky notes all over the place. And she loves at the end of the day to be like, are you done with this? Can I throw this away? But that's how my brain works because I, am, I might be a little OCD over all the details and I don't want to let things go. I don't want to miss anything. Um, But at the same time, I want to be really present. So I will scribble a lot of sticky notes, like through the appointment, um, something I know I need to do later. I don't want to forget to put that in the note. I don't want to forget to follow up and send that in in an email, whatever that is. I keep a lot of those and I just kind of have a little stack of them at the end of the day when I sit down and I just go through all the notes and I make sure everything's done. I'll, I'll go through that. And, and I know that's just a simple little basic way, but that does help me be more present with each and every patient, because otherwise I find myself getting really distracted with, oh, I, I don't want to forget to send that. I got to do that. So if I've already written it down and I've got it somewhere, I can let that go mm-hmm. and then sit down and be really present. And that's something I try very hard to do with every patient at the top of the appointment when I'm bringing them back and they're sitting down. I try not to be behind them typing into the computer as I'm talking. I, I purposefully step in front of them, sit in front of them and check in, you know, how are you? What's been going on? You know, how's life? And making that connection at the very beginning, I want them to know that I am here with you. I am here for you. 
and, and we're going to do this together. And I, th- I just think that's super, super, one of the most important things in life, I think, is connection with others. And so I think establishing that and getting to live in that is really, really, really important. And that's very hard as hygienists with all that we're doing and, and trying to accomplish within that, you know, our shrinking hour. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there is like a greater gift than we can give to someone than giving them our full attention when they're in front of us, you know, like, so I, especially if I'm running behind for someone, like if I'm running late, it, it honestly, it honestly, at this point in my career doesn't happen very often to be honest, truthfully, it really doesn't. I feel like you and I are both very strategic about setting up for our day. You know, even when unexpected things happen, we're kind of able to troubleshoot and adapt um, pretty easily. But if I am running late with someone, like my, my first thing is like, I apologize to them. I, I say, I'm so sorry that I'm running late for you. I apologize um, that I kept you waiting. Are you ready to come back? You know, and then I, and then I think that after that point, I intentionally, like, usually that's a really hectic day, right? Like, and I'm stressed and whatever happened was unexpected. And I'm clearly not running late because I planned to run late. So I'm like in a stressful state. So I think taking a moment for me, sometimes I just like take a deep breath and I slow my speech. I slow my walk and I'm kind of like, how are you today? What's going on in your world? Start connecting with them to let them know now you have my devoted attention. I apologize for um, being late, but now I'm here with you present, you know, and we'll take as much time as it needs to make sure that we get everything done today for you. Right. And I think that that mindful presentness um, is really, really important to balance as we're talking about all of this, because I can't go back and undo what I did yesterday and I can't move ahead and, and do for tomorrow yet. I'm only, this, this is right here at this moment. This is all I have right now. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of create that balance and it reduces stress too. If we're taking that off of, you know, it just takes more weight off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving forward, um, if proper assessments are being done on all of our patients each time, um, there's always going to be something for us to do, right? Whether it's same day treatment or rescheduling. But in my experience, um, you know, proper assessments uh, and then that in combination with cancellations occurring becomes opportunity, you know, because I know that I've mentioned before, but I feel like so many times, like if someone cancels, the person before them wants to stay for same day treatment of some sort, or they, they want to whiten or they want to do whatever. And it may be an opportunity to bring up you know, the patient that you're with, if you have a cancellation right afterwards, say, hey, I remember we talked about X, Y, and Z, you know, last year or in your medical history, you said that you wanted to do whitening. Is that something that you want to get done today? I happen to have an opening now. Do you want to go ahead and take care of that? You know, and it's their chief complaint. So it's not about selling the patient something that they don't want or they don't need. It's about taking the time when you have it um, and when it's when it's there, when it's available, you know? So I've, I have found that a lot of days I am willing to stay late to complete uh, work because I know that not every day will be highly productive. I know and some days I'll have openings and I'll, you know, go over the schedule and whatever. So to me, the balance is like going with the flow, um, accommodating the patient when possible the same day, um, being as as productive as possible, getting the most done in an appointment the same day, because there'll be other days when you don't have the opportunity. Right. You know, so, and that's, I think what helps us to stay the most productive and make the patients most happy and um, make them feel like you're moving forward and getting stuff done and getting things accomplished too. Right. And I think that there's, there are some wins too. I had a conversation with some of my hygienists this week um, that we're feeling a little stress and strain over the value of, um, they, they were almost talking about, you know, sometimes I think we get a little too sucked into 
looking at the production and the collection mm-hmm. and the numbers and, you know, just feeling like a number. And one of them was saying to me, um, we actually, it's interesting. We actually had three patients across the board this week who we had to turn away because blood pressure was too high. Mm-hmm. And I was pointing out to them like, Hey, I know that that doesn't get reflected in the numbers, but to me, that is a huge win right. because you help the patient acknowledge there was an issue. You spent the time educating and talking to them. You let them sit, you took it a couple of times, you helped them really understand. And so even though it wasn't a win for the numbers side of things, it was totally a win for the practice and that particular patient's care. We had one patient who left the office, went straight to her doctor. They put her on medication right away. We're concerned about her. So I'm like, you know, we can't can't always measure what we're doing in the numbers aspect, right. but even we have to kind of look across the board and, and combine it all together that those were wins too. You know, sometimes we have those openings and I think those can create some balance for things that have kind of been looming over us, whether it's finishing our notes or, you know, reaching out to those patients that, you know, need follow-up, uh, whether it's catching up on sterilization or sharpening instruments. I mean, there's always things that, that need to, I feel like I will never get it all done for all the things that need to happen in a day. And I think too, it's important that, you know, I know obviously we are here to be a productive practice mm-hmm. um, and, and take care of the practice, but also we talk about this all the time. It's really about the patient care. And so I had Uh, we had three of our hygienists this week across the board that had to turn patients away because their blood pressure was too high. And it was funny because they were saying to me like, uh, I feel like, you know, my numbers aren't going to look great because obviously I didn't get to do anything on them. I'm like, no, no, no. In my brain, that's still like an absolute win for the practice Mm -hmm. because we took the time to check the patient and do our assessment and see that they weren't healthy. And then we didn't just treat them. You know, we, we educated them on why this is concerning and, and that it is concerning. We wanted them to get follow up, followed up with. And we had one patient who left right away, went to her doctor and they put her on medication immediately. Um, but I was like, no, this is a win just because it's not reflective in the numbers. It's still a balance of the patient care that we are providing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, that's also a relationship builder. It builds trust with the patient. Like they can see very clearly, you didn't just treat them. It's not about you. It's truly about them and their well-being and their health. So that's, I agree. That's a total win. Um, and I think that we tend to a lot of times, whether things are very, very busy and, oh my gosh, such a crazy day from start to finish, just hectic and running around. And we completed so much treatment today, or we have openings for unexpected reasons. Like we were, you know, we didn't take the blood pressure, the blood pressure was high. We had to refer the patient for, to the PCP or to the emergency room for immediate treatment or, um, or patients cancel or something. I think that there is a tendency of us to complain no matter what is going on, because it either way is not according to what we planned or imagined in our minds. Right. So if it becomes, if it develops into a super highly productive day, we're doing a lot of same day treatment. I think that our, our knee jerk tendency is like, oh my gosh, what a busy day. This is, this is so exhausting. You know, like, I can't believe how much busy, how busy we were today. And oh, I'm just going to go home and not have energy to do anything. And then on the days when we have cancellations to be like, oh God, I'm never going to meet my production numbers. Like, ah, I can't believe this person canceled. You know, I think honestly, the, the best way to be effective and happy is to take things as they come too, and just find a way to appreciate it. Like when I have cancellations, a lot of times that does equal opportunity for same day treatment for someone in the doctor's schedule, or we call someone for the ASAP list, you know, to come in for a a high production procedure or something. So a lot of times it gets filled, but if it doesn't, sometimes I'm like, yes, I needed the break. Right. I will take that. It's a mental break. You know, I will go have lunch. I'm going to take what I have today and do my best with it to 
to make do what's best for the practice, the patients, and for myself right. to make sure that we're healthy and and that we have that um, the proportions assigned appropriately. You know, I'm going to take this day that has been presented to me and it's falling apart and I'm going to do the things that I haven't had time to do instead of right. just complaining that it fell apart. Maybe even on my lunch break, I'll go to the bank or something, right. you know, and make it as productive and happy and healthy as possible. You right. know, and the same day and the same thing with those high treatment days, being thankful for the treatment that we were able to complete for patients same day unexpectedly, like, wow, we made a really big difference for them. We accommodated their schedule. They're happy because they don't have to come back for a separate visit. Um, we were highly productive at the same time, you know, which we know is always the back burner thing, you know, it just happens on those very busy days a lot of the time. But I think, you know, looking at your perspective of I get to do this, like I get to be busy today. I get to have a break today. I get, I get a cancellation. What, what can I do with this opportunity? Well, and I think again, it's a head game and I'm going to throw out another really interesting concept. I think it gets really dangerous when we associate our value with the outcomes mm -hmm. because reality is we're a rock star hygienist, whether our patient shows up or not, as long as we're doing our best for the day, whether that's during an opening time and we're using that, utilizing that wisely and profitably for the practice and our patients, or if it's during patient care time and we're being present and, you know, assessing what needs to be assessed and treating what needs to be treated. I mean, what, I think that's the mistake we make is we base those, our assessments of how our day went on the outcome mm -hmm. instead of looking at the general picture and saying, Hey, was I the best I could be today? Did I grow today? Did I meet people's needs? Did I, do I feel fulfilled because of those connections? And I, I think that's really where, where it needs to come down to. And that's a, that's a kind of a hard transition to make in our head. It is. And I think that you and I, our practices are very goals oriented, which is a great thing because if we don't have goals, we don't know where we're going or what we're trying to achieve. We don't have a common purpose, right. um, but also those are the things that we review every day consciously. So right. I think that a lot of the things we don't review every day fall by the wayside. And I think that a lot of us start associating our worth as hygienists with our collections and production also right. like, you know, oh, well, I didn't produce anything today. Like all my patients were healthy, needed profies that's not your value as a hygienist, you know? Right. And for me, like every day does not look the same. I have days where, you know, it's $700 in production and I did what was right for every single yes. patient in my schedule. And I feel yep. good about it, yep. you know? And then there are days that are $5,000 days. And I, and the same thing I can say, I did as much as I could, all the tools in my tool belt. I did the right treatment for these patients and I feel just as good about it, you know? Right. Like, so I think that if we can, again, segregate our self-worth from, our, our performance and um, the numbers and that sort of thing, we can, we can be a lot more okay with some of these things in some of these days. And like, I don't know about you, but I've like, none of my months look the same. You know, I have months where I produce in the 30,000s, uh, even the high 20s, you know, and then I have somewhere it's above 40 and that's all okay. Because again, if we're there assessing the patients and doing what they need every single day, then the months are going to look different. It can't be like, oh, well, my month wasn't 30 this month. So that's, that's bad. I failed. Right. It's and so maybe, it, maybe it was that you stepped into the operatory next to you because you had an opening and you helped your fellow hygienist do all of her assessments so that Absolutely. she could do same day treatment. Absolutely. Or maybe there's days I've walked out and, and I'm walking to my car and I literally have a smile on my face because that had nothing to do with actually doing hygiene, hygiene for my patients. Um, where I've connected patients with other people and they were able to get jobs or internships, or I connected patients with somebody who was going to help him help them with their overall total health. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, 
there's so much more to it than just what happens with our assessments and our, and our scaling. And I bet that most of those things that you just mentioned um, were unexpected or unplanned right. too, right? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was adapting to that situation. Yeah, for sure. The time that you had, and that's, that's amazing. That's, all. that's totally a win, totally a win. Sending right. the people where they needed to go to get their blood pressure evaluated and get them healthy, lowering the risk for an emergency, total win. You know, right. they, those patients are winning, your practice is winning. That's, that's an awesome day to me. Yep. Um, 